0: Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknett. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, Beast Slayers. So as some of you may know, um, we are about to launch uh, another uh, Keto Blast, which is our 30-day Um, keto challenge for migraineurs. That challenge will launch this weekend and there is still time to register if you're interested so uh, you can go to ketoformigraine.com that's k-e-t-o-f-o-r migraine.com to learn more and to sign up and if you happen to be there past the sign up date uh, you'll see the date for our next challenge and uh, we recently posted about it on our Facebook page and in the comments to that post uh, we received a really good question and I thought it would be be worthy of answering on a short podcast episode. So the question that came in our comment uh, from Diane uh, was, how does doing the keto challenge help long-term if you aren't in ketosis all the time? Sounds like you go in and out of ketosis. And that's true. I personally do go in and out of ketosis. And uh, this is a really uh, good question, a very sensible one. Basically, what she's asking here is, if you do uh, keto or stay in nutritional ketosis for 30 days or even longer um and uh, even if you do really great um, if you stop won't you just essentially go back to where you were before you started um and if that's the case then what's the value over the long term of cycling in and out of ketosis again a very reasonable question and uh, i decided it would be worth doing a short episode to answer it because i think the answer to this question gets at a really fundamental principle that's important to understand, not just for uh, uh, using a ketogenic diet and nutritional ketosis for migraines, but also for for just how we approach slaying the beast uh, generally, and even our overall health. Um, And uh, it kind of highlights a principle that's largely been overlooked in the traditional approach to migraines, um, which, as you know, I refer to as the old story of migraine, And that principle is that I think the natural tendency for most of us is to think of ourselves and of our body and our biology as this fixed and unchanging thing. When we look in the mirror each morning, we're pretty much the same as we were yesterday. So it seems like we're pretty much the same thing day in and day out. And the discovery of DNA and the science of genetics, I think, has also had the result or the impact of reinforcing this idea, uh, which I've touched on in prior episodes. And that's that our DNA sort of contains this blueprint for who we are that we're constructed from that blueprint. And that's essentially what we are from then on out. So kind of like if you were to build a kitchen table, you might draw out some plans. uh, That's your DNA. You gather the materials and assemble the table. And then from that point on, the table is essentially the same table day in and day out. But the reality is that's not at all what we're like, or what any biological system is like. We're changing all the time at all different levels of organization, um, even all the way down to the levels of our genes. And those changes are driven in large part by our environment and our behaviors. And you're a different person you know, in the morning than you are in the evening and from one day to the next. And we've always known this to be true to some degree, But in the past decade or so, we've discovered, I think, that it's even more true than we realized um, that, uh, as I've talked about in prior episodes, we can control everything down to our DNA, including how our genes are expressed. And so if we are always in flux and that change is shaped largely by our environment and our behaviors, which we have a good degree of control over, then it makes good sense for us to want to understand as best as possible how to steer that change in the direction we want it to go. And even if we were just to limit this discussion uh, of, of our, the change inside of us uh, from day to day, if we were just to limit that to the gut microbiome, um, the amount of change just in that segment of us is staggering, um, and we've only just begun to understand all the various ways that those changes impact our health and how we can shape that change intelligently. Um, so anyhow, with that prelude in mind, Let's get back to our original question, uh, which if you recall was, how does doing the keto challenge help long-term if you aren't in ketosis all the time? Essentially, um, what's the long-term benefits of cycling in and out of keto, or for just doing a short-term test of a ketogenic diet? And in thinking about this question, um, I came up with four what I think are good reasons uh, that would either apply to doing a 30-day trial of a ketogenic diet, or cycling in and out of ketosis generally. So the first reason is simply to learn how ketosis affects you. I've said before that I think every migraineur should try ketosis at some point in their lives, um, though I think that actually applies to anyone, migraines or not, um, for reasons that I'll touch on in a minute. But what we know, because we've seen it so many times now, is that nutritional ketosis can be a powerful weapon against the beast for some people. And for many, it's been the catalyst that's really accelerated uh, their progress on the um, road to migraine freedom. But of course, the only way to know if you respond particularly well to it, at least at this day and age, is to test it for yourself. So in my view, given the potentially huge upside, um, giving it a try at some point is essentially a no-brainer. Though there are uh, good times to try it and and less optimal times to try it, um, which I've discussed uh, previously. Having done it myself many times and knowing its impact on me, um, I really love now knowing that it's something that I can always uh, fall back on when I need to. I feel like I have this secret weapon in my back pocket that I can uh, use um, when necessary. So that's the first reason simply learning how ketosis affects you Um, the second would be to help kickstart fat adaptation um, and metabolic flexibility so the transition into nutritional ketosis involves a whole host of physiological changes all the way down to the uh, cellular level as the body upregulates its ability to mobilize fat to generate and burn ketone bodies for energy And these are precisely the same sorts of changes that are needed to support metabolic flexibility, uh, which is the ability to readily or efficiently shift between glucose or stored fat uh, for energy. And if you recall from the three pillars of migraine freedom episodes, establishing metabolic flexibility is one of the three pillars of migraine freedom uh, because we've seen so many uh, dramatic improvements once sort of that milestone is reached. And nutritional ketosis is like stepping on the gas pedal for all the uh, physiologic changes in the enzymatic machinery that's required uh, for metabolic flexibility. And uh, going back to my early point about uh, being able to change ourselves all the way down to uh, the expression of our genes, um, this transition into ketosis includes changes in gene expression, which allows you to increase the transcription of the proteins that are needed to carry out all the physiologic processes that support Nutritional ketosis. And so, back to the original question is what we've learned both from our own experiences and from the scientific research is that even if you increase your daily carbohydrates and you exit ketosis after doing it for a period of time, that the adaptations that were stimulated still persist. Uh, And they seem to persist for a long time, uh, particularly if you continue to adhere to an ancestral low to moderate carbohydrate, nutrient-dense diet, or essentially a diet that's appropriate for a human. And um, if you're in the Migraine Miracle community, then I'm assuming that's what you're doing anyways. Um, I recall years ago, the first time I uh, did a ketogenic diet, um, I essentially was switching from a standard American diet. And so the transition that I experienced then was pretty significant. And that's because it was something that my body hadn't done before and wasn't prepared for and because uh, i was shifting from a pretty different physiological state but now even if i'm not in ketosis for weeks or even months i can get back into it really easily and with zero transitional symptoms so i think the situation here is kind of like learning to ride a bike you know, once that motor memory has been constructed and internalized in the brain, it's a part of you, literally, and even if you don't ride a bike for years, the brain can still call up that memory when needed. So in other words, the physiological benefits of even a short-term course of a ketogenic diet seem to continue to persist even after you're no longer in ketosis. So again, that's another way in which cycling in and out uh, can continue to help you even when you're no longer in ketosis. Um, The third reason is that you'll learn a lot uh, from doing it. So um, doing the sort of monitoring of macronutrients, so protein, fat, and carbohydrates in food that's needed to enter and remain in ketosis is a really great education about uh, the nutritional content of food. Uh, and you're bound to learn a lot in that process. Just the other day, my wife Jenny was saying that it wasn't really until she did a keto diet and had to sort of be so mindful of uh, carbohydrate content that she fully appreciated the, carb, the amount of carbs in various foods, uh, specifically in certain uh, fruits and vegetables, and that knowing this since then has really allowed her to make uh, better and more informed decisions about what to eat and sort of um, wh- where to spend her carbohydrate allotment. And then the fourth uh, reason for cycling in and out of ketosis would be the other potential health benefits that come from it. So I've said in the past that I'd be cycling in and out of ketosis um, from here on out, essentially, even if it had no effect on my migraines. One reason for that is because I like the way I feel in ketosis, but another is because of all the emerging evidence of its benefits in protecting and possibly even treating uh, certain uh, conditions, especially neurodegenerative illnesses like Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's. As a neurologist, I certainly know firsthand um, the devastation that things like that can bring, and I certainly wanna do everything in my own power uh, to to prevent that sort of thing for myself. But there's also research uh, that would support the idea that it's protective against certain kinds of cancers and even a potential treatment for certain types of cancers. Um, I think it's also a reasonable thing as a protection against uh, any problems with uh, glucose dysregulation down the road or or, uh, diabetes, so uh, certainly a reasonable thing for anyone who's at risk for Uh, cancers, diabetes, uh, neurodegenerative illnesses like Alzheimer's. It's something that I've uh, urged all of my immediate family to do, um, including my parents, um, simply for the health benefits and because I want them to live a long and healthy life or give them the best odds of doing so, and I think um, cycling in and out of ketosis is an essential part of that. Again, given the fact that there are huge potential upsides and really no downside risks, in fact, People, feel, people typically feel really great in ketosis, um, it's again, kind of a no-brainer. So those are four really good reasons, in my opinion, uh, for both doing a 30-day or longer uh, trial of nutritional ketosis, and uh, for cycling in and out of it indefinitely. Um, like I said earlier, it's just so important to understand that we have so much potential to shape our own physio- physiology. And um, if you do a 30-day trial of keto, um, you'll be a fundamentally different person after that's over than you were going in, regardless of whether you continue to stay in ketosis after that period of time. And we've seen so many people who've used uh, the keto Blast to kickstart their progress um, on, the, on the road to migraine freedom. And the fact that they didn't just revert back to their prior migraine frequency after they were done with the challenge, again, supports this idea that you are fundamentally different afterwards um, than you were going into it. All right, so that concludes this episode. Uh, thanks to Diane again for that great question. And just as a reminder that our Blast launches this weekend, you can um, sign up through the end of the weekend. We use the Saturday and Sunday to kind of uh, uh, get ready for it. And to learn more and to register or to see when the next one is, if you've missed this one, uh, you can go to keto for migrainecom uh, which will also be linked in the show notes. And again, if you want to see um, the show notes for this episode, as well as uh, listen to any of the prior episodes, you can go to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash moment. And if you like this podcast and you want to help us reach more people with it, uh, it would be awesome if you left a rating or a review on iTunes. Alright, that's all for today. Go out there and slay the beast!